Hi, and welcome to Expand with Tech. It's your small business owner guide to thrive through technology. And I'm your host, Melanie Goss. In today's episode, we're talking making the most of your online presence. And wow, is it an exciting time for you as a small business owner. I am so passionate about this topic because whether it's websites or social or e-commerce options, for a small business owner like you, it is an incredible opportunity for you to harness and to thrive just by taking advantage of some simple tips that I'll be providing to you today. So for our journey today, it's really more of a high level understanding of the options available with some tips sprinkled in that you can take advantage of today as soon as this podcast finished so that you can start maximizing your online exposure and getting new sales instantly. Online presence is a broad topic with many solutions available, but they ultimately fall into three categories, website, social, and e-commerce. And thinking back to that 70% buying decision being made through research, it really means that your prospective buyers and customers are searching internet results, looking for an affinity to the product or service that you offer. They're searching through social media sites, and sometimes they're even looking at employee feedback, especially in a B2B service contract situation. And then when it comes to e-commerce, it's oftentimes looking through the marketplace of brand awareness like Amazon or Etsy and some of the others that are out there where they are trying to find a product or some solution that fits their needs. So as a small business owner for you, it is critical to consider these options and understand what's available based on your specific product or service need, sometimes even understanding the industry that you're in and the buying association with that and trying to tap into all of those options that are available to maximize your name in lights on the search engine and to be able to get leads and help your business thrive much quicker and efficiently than it would otherwise. Otherwise. In taking a closer look at these options, website in particular, there are two primary options for website development, one called informational, one called transactional. And informational means that a buyer is coming to your website, they're learning a general idea of your business, overview of the products and services, but they can't give you a credit card. They require an email, they require a telephone call, and uh, some specific follow-up action items. Where transactional is different. Transactional means that they have the ability to do credit card process right on the spot in an impulsive manner when they visit your website. And many companies include both of these because they might have a service that they provide, but then they also want to offer general information about their company too. Now, the tips that I'm going to give are more generic and they apply to both. And I specifically chose these because these are tips that you can use today that apply to any website that you have. So the number one tip that I can give you is to have an SSL certificate. Now I know SSL certificate is a fancy name and it stands for uh, Secure Sockets Layer. What you as a business owner need to know, you just need it. Any website that you have, 
you need it. If you have a website name, you need this SSL certificate and you need it today. And the reason why is because if you were ever familiar in the past with the certificate, it meant that anything that was entered on your website, personal contact information, things like that are secure. In today's world, that option has expanded and the search engines are now leveraging that SSL certificate as a credential for you being a real business and the content being on your website to be real. So it actually helps for your information because it appears in search results a better and if more efficient than it would in prior years. So it's definitely something that you want to make sure that you have. And if you're not sure whether or not you have it, there's an easy test you can do in your web browser, type in your website name. And if you see HTTPS, you're good to go. You have the SSL certificate. But if you don't see that S at the end of HTTP, then that means that you need to make sure that you have it. If you're not sure where to go to purchase it, it's very easy. You can purchase it through the person that you used to buy your website name. You can also go to the person that is hosting your website. So the company that you're using, just go to them, tell them that you want it, and they can help you through that journey. Uh, the other tip that I can give you when it comes to websites, and again, this applies to any type of website that you have, is to know your competitive edge. And just thinking back to how buyers are looking at information, they are researching you and your competitors. So if you're able to explain what your differentiating factor is over your competitors and you can evangelize that, that will help you when they're researching your company and they go to the competitor. So you wanna make sure to understand what your special value is and what your unique quality is in your business and let the world know about it any possible way that you can. It might take a little bit of research in understanding the competitors and what they're doing, but it will help you in the long run when you're thriving with additional sales as a result of it. Now, the next tip is a little spooky for some people, and it's to register with the Better Business Bureau. And the reason that I say it's spooky, and by the way, for those of us listening around the globe, it's available for those having business in the US, but a lot of business people think of the Better Business Bureau in a negative light, meaning they think of it as where you go to complain. But actually, the Better Business Bureau can be an asset for you. So when you register with the Better Business Bureau, uh, you might have to pay for this, but you're able to receive a logo that verifies you being endorsed by the Better Business Bureau. And you can add that to your website. And when we talk about competitive edge and lending instant credibility, this is a boost for you. From a customer and buyer perception, it actually helps you by giving that extra level of confidence over the competitors that they don't see that logo on for the website. So check into Better Business Bureau registering and being able to leverage their logo. And my last tip for you is if you do have awards that you've won, certifications, or even belong to a local organization like a Chamber of Commerce, maybe you sponsor a child's little league team, 
evangelize that. Place it all on your website. I'll just ask you to make sure that it is within reason of years. So for example, if you won an award 10 years ago, you probably don't want that on your website because from a buying perception, a buyer looks at that information and starts to question your business and what you've done during that period of time. And are you keeping up with the latest and greatest regardless of product or service? So you want to keep as a best practice awards that are available with a date stamp three years back. And if you do belong to a local chamber of commerce, you wanna make sure that your membership is current and that you're presenting yourself in the best light that you possibly can. As we review our second category of social, often our mind wanders immediately to the social media platforms of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and the other options that are available to us. But I invite you to expand your horizons and think about other options that might fall in there. For example, a LinkedIn company page, having a Yelp presence in uh, encouraging online reviews and the same with Google. And even when we are considering employee feedback, having a company page for Glassdoor. So being able to experience an all encompassing business opportunity when it comes to social moves beyond that initial social platform we might be thinking of and considering additional ways because all of these options appear on search results and can associate with your company name and brand and can be a great asset to you. So as we consider social media in its traditional sense that we might have been thinking of initially, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitter, the Pinterest, and the like, the number one tip I can tell you is to separate your personal from your business social media accounts. And I mentioned that because initially we might want to tell our friends and family about our business. However, it can hinder us in the long term. So for example, you may want to reach the masses, but you only allow your friends in on Facebook. So being able to separate and have a business page on Facebook and your personal Facebook allows you to reach more people and also allows more engagement between the mass community and yourself. And it can also help by keeping your personal information that you wanna share with family vacation photos private for your friends and family and hold that close to you. So number one tip again is to separate your personal from your business social media accounts. The number two tip related to this that I can share with you is to use a Twitter hashtag that's evergreen. So for example, in the beginning of the episode, I mentioned that you can feel free to follow on Twitter and to use the hashtag expandwithtech. Now that's a generic, more evergreen kind of option that I can use throughout the year with all of my social posts, but it also allows me to be able to tag other posts with that hashtag. So if I find something interesting that can benefit you, I can simply tag it and you would be able to see it when you're looking for that specific hashtag. Another great way that 
a generic hashtag can work is if you are trying to reach more people and you want to use a more generic term that might be appealing. So for example, small business um, or SMB or something like that, you might want to try and use and you have people engaging with you more frequently. From an engagement standpoint, I find statistically it's about 1% of people that will actually respond through a like or a share or a retweet. So it's always helpful to be able to try many different messages and find what's most compelling to the audience that you have. And from a consistency perspective, I can give you a tip of posting once a week for consistency. That way it shows stability, it shows that you're constantly thinking of your audience and your customers that you're working with, and it also helps build credibility for you both short and long term. So when we think about business reviews and that business experience that's available in the online results, LinkedIn can be of great help. And LinkedIn allows you as a business owner to create a company page, but it also allows for something called LinkedIn Sales Navigator. From a business perspective, this is a great social platform to be able to leverage, both from a company page standpoint where your employees can attach themselves to the company, but it also gives way for you to find new customers using a feature called LinkedIn Sales Navigator. So if you're not familiar with that, make sure to check it out. It's another opportunity for you to gain new customers through a social platform. So it's worth looking into, but from a company page standpoint, it allows you to put information about the company and that becomes available in search results and also for anyone looking for information within LinkedIn itself. Additional options that are available include Yelp as well as Google. And the great thing about this is when you create the profile for both Google and Yelp, it invites customers to share their experience. And this becomes something called earned media. So the Yelp and the Google does post uh, their profile listings and a lot of information about your company. So it's a great free opportunity for you to take advantage of. But it's also a great evangelism opportunity for you as a business owner to tell your own customer base about it, especially for those longtime customers, tried and true, who continue to come back and visit. So evangelize it. Let them know that you are available for reviews and encourage them to place those reviews and have those uh, readily available for anyone that you continue to meet with on an ongoing basis. And think of this as an opportunity as a general business owner. It's not limited to being a retail store with set hours. You can be a service business you may not have a retail store, but you do have set hours. So there's a lot of information that you can place in that profile and make it available to anyone who happens to be searching on it. And the great thing about that is it works across all search browsers. So if someone is searching on Bing, for example, or someone is searching through Google, you would be able as a buyer to see those results when you are posting your information through Yelp and through Google. So it's a great universal option, no matter what search browser someone is using. The last thing that I'll mention on social here before we transition to e-commerce 
is the employee social factor. It's very interesting because as a small business, you don't necessarily always think as an owner that you need to worry about something called Glassdoor because it's something that you would associate with a larger business. But more and more small businesses are finding their name on the Glassdoor because it's an open opportunity for employees to be able to provide their feedback. And I have seen situations where a, a customer or a potential buyer was looking to do business and did a general search employees had been posting on Glassdoor and it ultimately uh, charged them with going with a different vendor because the employees were negative and they were going to be in a service contract with employees as part of the agreement. So it's definitely something worthwhile to take a look at and also something to consider having as a company program and profile, encourage your employees to uh, provide their feedback, but also make sure that you capture that company page so that you can monitor the information regularly. And from a general best practice monitoring, uh, depending on the size of your company, and you're on the smaller side, if you look at it once or twice a week, that's fine. If you're a larger size, smaller business, like you're between 250 and 500, probably going to want to take a look at that almost daily. But the goal is to try and find ways to harness these social options and make them work for you. Our third category in online presence is e-commerce. And while it does go hand in hand with websites, it also means that you're working through what's called a direct transaction or an indirect transaction. So this means, are you selling direct through your website or are you selling through an online marketplace like an Etsy or an Amazon? What we tend to find is that if you're selling direct through your website, you're choosing an e-commerce platform that you think is best for your business. And I would also say that you may not in the end see sales that you expect unless you are also investing in advertising to direct traffic over to the product or service that you're offering. Oftentimes, if you're not being found very high up in search results, that may be a contributing factor to not seeing the sales that you're expecting. So uh, direct transactions are great if you're able to add on that social advertising component or some kind of advertising component to direct people to the location where they can purchase your particular product or service. On the indirect transaction side, it means that it's not hosted on your website, you're actually going through someone else. And the great benefit from this is that it allows you to tack onto the branding that has already been built over the course of time. So when we think about names like Etsy and Amazon in relation to online buying space, they're really names that have become well known over the course of time and become trusted in the minds of buyers that they feel safe in purchasing from, even though it might be an individual like yourself. That brand power and that trust that was built with the brand for buying things and transacting online will carry through over to you. So when you're thinking about selling either direct through your website or indirect, there may be times where you want to work with both. And that becomes a win because 
you have the ability to evangelize on your own site. You can say, by the way, I also sell on Etsy. Here's the link to be able to see my online marketplace. Same thing with Amazon and others, even industry specific that are available to you. And that actually lends a credibility and a differentiating factor over your competition. So it's a great opportunity to showcase those online marketplace sales direct through your own website. So you receive the credit and the sale in the end, no matter where they buy direct on your site or through that online market space. If you decide to only host direct though, and you decide to move forward with an e-commerce platform, the number one tip I can tell you is to please make sure that it's user-friendly. If it takes 10 clicks to process a transaction, that's a frustrating experience for a buyer and something that they might give up on during the buying process. The quicker and easier you can help with that impulsive sale and the fewer clicks through that process, the higher the guarantee is that you end up with the sale at the finish line. Now, the next tip that I can tell you is to know where your competition's third-party sales are coming from. So not only is it helpful from a research and differentiating factor result, it's also helpful when it comes to online sales. And this is helpful because you may be selling through one particular platform, your competitor is selling through another. Initially, it seems great because they haven't found you on your platform yet. And if you're not seeing the sales result that you're expecting, taking a look at where they're uh, processing their online marketplace through can actually be beneficial to you. So keep an open mind when it comes to competitive sales and make sure you know where they're targeting so you can change course and pivot as needed if things aren't going the way you anticipate. Now, the last tip that I'll share with you when it comes to e-commerce Promoting reviews, and this is true whether you are selling on your own site or through a third party, like a, an online marketplace, eBay and others. And a personal story that I can share with you is a dog tag. And I had purchased that and it was custom made. I did a lot of research, finally found this one that I liked. And when I received it, I received a story and it was about this small business couple and about their journey into starting this business, how they absolutely love what they do, they have work-life balance and that they really value and appreciate this purchase of the dog tag that I made. And they encouraged me to write the review on the online marketplace that I purchased and they gave me an alternate as well of a public area that I would be able to write a review. And in addition to that, they also gave me their business card. So it was a great experience from a storytelling perspective because that empathy that I felt for them as small business owners propelled me to write that story and keep their business card so that I'll remember it for future use. So any way that you can evangelize and promote those reviews, whether it's on a public area like a Yelp 
or whether it's through your online marketplace, it really helps you in the end because every single review can be an earned media opportunity with a testimonial that can help your sales grow with greater impact for years to come. As we wrap up for this episode, I have five takeaway reminders for you. Number one, website is key regardless of your business. So you always wanna make sure that you have a website because buyers are doing online searches and trying to find a product or a service that you provide. Number two, differentiate your business from the competition and evangelize it. Find out what your unique purpose is, why you differentiate from your competitors, and let everybody in the world know wherever you possibly can so that you get more sales in the end. Number three, consider using third-party e-commerce options to increase your exposure. Leverage that brand that's already been built that you can carry forward with and let everyone know that you also sell through that. Your sales will increase quickly and efficiently, and you will attain that opportunity to be able to evangelize that through your own direct website, even if it's just providing general information. Tip four is to separate your business from your personal social media accounts. This allows you to reach the masses, invite others to join your community, and also keep the personal vacation photos to friends and family as you prefer. And last but not least, be sure to take advantage of listing your business on Yelp, Google, and any other industry-specific sites to increase awareness and show up in higher rankings and search results. And that's a wrap for this edition of Expand With Tech. Thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. And be sure to continue the conversation through our social sites and visiting our website, expandwithtech.com. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.